It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. This is Jeff Smith. Uh, welcome to Illuminating Leadership. So glad you could be with us today. I've got my friend, uh, Cara Wilson, on. Cara, you want to say hi real quick here? Hi. Good morning. So happy you're there. So morning where you are. Beautiful, sunny afternoon here. First real taste of fall back east here. So it's been a great day. Um, we are live. So if you want to call us, it's one 866 472-5788. If you want to send us an email, I'll monitor that throughout the show. It's jeff at voltageleadership.com. You can also find us on the website at voltageleadership.com, and you can go back and listen to previous episodes, see our blogs, and uh, find out more information about us. We also post some things on Facebook around Voltage Leadership Consulting, and follow us on Twitter at Voltage Leadership Consulting. Those are a little bit more random things. Uh, Car, we had a uh, um, kind of fun time the other week. It was about two weeks ago. We took the team to shoots his... Uh, uh, opening a distribution center and new brewery in Virginia as well. And uh, we went to their tasting room, went played pinball, and just had a great afternoon. So, uh, you know, there were some great uh, Twitter photos from that. So if you want some just fun things about Voltage, you can find us there as well. So I love that uh, West Coast beer coming to your on, side of the country. On, I know it was it was fun. So I, I may have had a uh, a flight just to taste test a few of them. And uh, what I discovered is there was like two I liked, and everyone else liked them all. I, I'm just not a big dark beer, I guess, fan. And everyone else liked them, so I was giving all mine away, and they seemed to like that even more. <laughs> so. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so today we're going to be talking about polarities and how do we sort of master or learn more about polarities to achieve greater performance. So Cara and I will talk about that. So first, Cara Wilson, she is uh, an internal coach, uh, facilitator, strategic thinker, thought leader, etc. at uh, Tableau out in the Seattle area. She's previously worked at Cleveland Clinic, um, doing a lot of great work around the Serving Leader Program, being a facilitator extraordinaire, traveling all around the world with goofy guys named Jeff Smith, and uh, having a good old time uh, really teaching people how to get the best out of themselves. You know, if uh, you want some fun things about cars sometime, look her up. She's also, you know, managed to uh, be ski instructor, outward bound teacher, and uh, making sure that we don't blow up ski slopes or something. So there's so many cool things in Car's background that would be fun to, to learn. But today we'll sort of focus our time and energy around polarity. So Car, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, second time around. So I'm looking forward to it. this. This will be fun. So, you know, you and I both have uh, talked about polarities a good bit. Um, you know, for our listening audience, they might not even know what a polarity is. Can you just kind of give us a definition from the outset about what, what the heck a polarity is? Yeah, sure. A, and I would say I didn't, I didn't know what a polarity was until just a few years ago, thanks to our friend, Bina Sharma. Mm-hmm. A polarity is a pair of interdependent characteristics or values that are both needed over time to be successful. And, you know, one of the easiest ones I can think of is like inhaling and exhaling. We, we absolutely need to inhale, but then if that's all we ever did, we'd be in trouble. So we also need to exhale. There are lots of characteristics of our personalities and or of teams that work the same way. 
So it's a, it's a new, it's an interesting way to think about how we behave in the world. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, and I think that, um, you know, one of these things that we talk about is, um, you know, polarities, are they problems that we try to solve? Are they, you know, um, are they, are they, you know, things that just show up and it, and it has an endpoint where it's like, as soon as we like sort of figure it out, it's done. Is that how polarity works? <laughs> right. It's funny. I was making some jo- some notes to myself this morning about uh, about what I think about round polarities. And the first word at the top of my sheet is unsolvable. Unsolvable. Are things that will <laughs> yeah. Polarities are things that will never be solved, but we learn oh, how no. to manage them. Uh, so let's do that again. So so there there are problems that we'll never solve, but we learn how to manage them. Yeah. So yeah. maybe yeah. Maybe. Can you, can you think of one or two, you know, I know we'll go out throughout the show that we'll be going back and forth with examples and all, but maybe just at the outset, are there a couple that, so folks that maybe the polarity, this is the first time they're hearing it, you know, what are some samples of uh, polarities? Yeah, so a very, a very simple one might be talking and listening and thinking about how we're always trying to kind of balance how much do I talk in a situation and how much do I listen? And usually, we will preference one side or the other, kind of depending on our values. Some people, some people like to talk a lot more than they listen, and some people like to listen a lot more than they talk. And uh, a polarity, polar, the polarity of talking and listening is not something you're ever going to completely be fixed with and say, okay, I'm, now I'm set. I have the perfect equilibrium. It's something you would probably manage for the rest of your life, figuring out in which situations would you do a little bit more of, a little bit less of. Yeah, I like that. You know, I think uh, another one that I that I use a lot with with folks as well is sort of um, rest and exercise. You know, so for yeah. uh, you know, for me, um, I tend to be more on the uh, tigger the tiger tiger kind of go 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 go. You know, and. Um, I, I probably over leverage exercise at times. Um, whereas Beth, my wife, hers is more, she's a little more, uh, stable, introverted, quiet. So her preference is probably rest and, you know, a little quiet time. And so even early in our marriage, I'll never forget this. Uh, we had one of those random Mondays off that were bank holidays. It might've even been Columbus day or, or veterans day or something. Right. And Beth and I, um, we're together, we've watched like two movies, we've read a whole book, and I, f- I am just about to go crazy by the, the three, four hours later, right? I'm like, I've got to go for a run, go do something. Can we go, can we do something today? And she's just opposite. Yeah. She's like, this has been the perfect day. Like we just chilled on the couch, we were together, but we didn't have to talk a lot, that talking and listening thing. And she's like, go for your run. So, so now, you know, 21 plus years in our marriage, you know, she's sort of like, you go for a run. I'm just going to chill here and have a little quiet time and get centered for my day. You know, so so we found uh, how to deal with our own sort of polarity management as a couple. Yeah, love it. Yeah, love it. And when so when I think about bringing it into the workplace, um, mm. a couple that that really stand out that I end up seeing and coaching folks around. Uh, one is as a leader, how much do I? direct people and, and kind of tell them what needs to be done. And then how much do I coach and let them figure out what, the, what needs to be done? That's a pretty common one for leaders. And, the, and another one might be uh, candor and diplomacy. 
how how well and how often do I speak my mind, and then how well and how often do I kind of filter based on the audience that I'm with. Mm. Yeah, one, one, thing of, I'm gonna, one of the things. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'll come back. I know what I'm going to say. So please continue, Car. <laughs> okay, okay. I uh, I think that one of the things that's so interesting for me about polarities is that they often help us understand a strength that we're overusing. Mm. And uh, so, for example, I was recently coaching a leader who she she found that she kind of overuses diplomacy. And so what happens is that she'll be in a meeting and she will be able to kind of read what's happening in the room and she can see multiple perspectives and then it keeps her from speaking her mind. So it keeps her from having candor. And she has such a strong value around diplomacy that often she will overuse it. And so that's one of the things that I think is really fascinating about this concept of polarities is that we'll have something that we really have a a value around and we'll kind of beat it to death, which then gets us not what we wanted in the first place. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'll, uh, you know, just notice as you were talking here, you're saying and not, but, you know, so you're, you said, you know, directing and coaching candor and diplomacy. Why is that word? And so important. Because it's both. Right? Mm. Because we want, we want to have both of those characteristics. And so, with that leader I was just talking about, we weren't talking about stopping with her diplomacy. We wanted to talk about adding a little bit more candor in. So it's this, it's kind of a seesaw thing or a teeter-totter that you can look at. And that's one of the things that I think is really uh, beautiful about, about working with polarities is that it is, it's inclusive and it helps people think about holding multiple perspectives at one time. I like that this uh, multiple perspectives, right? Um, let's yeah. let's let's dig on that a little bit more. We got about three minutes till break, so let's uh, let's stay on the multiple perspectives. And you know, I think inherently I understand that that's important as we're trying to grow our leaders. Um, I often think of them as uh, our friend Petra Platzer introduced this concept to me, sort of moving from an expert to a strategic facilitator. And the expert, it's much more sort of black and white. It's it is this or that. And as we're moving to the strategic facilitator, there's a lot more of this and, and we have to live in this polarity. Is that sort of what you're talking about with this multiple perspectives? I think it is. Yeah. It's about, it's about looking at both sides of a coin, Mm. which help you be more balanced. And I also think it's a really, it's a really gracious way to have conversations about how people's behaviors may or may not be serving them because you get to acknowledge, yeah, you have a real strong value around this and it's important to you. And let's look at how the overuse of it might be getting in your way, right? Or what you could pull a little bit more of into from the other side that would make you even more effective. I find people are really responsive to it. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, one of the folks I was coaching this morning, um, she's owned her own company for many years. And by nature, we're going back to some of our language from the empowerment dynamic, but she tends to be a rescuer. And uh, I've really moved her more into a coach. Um, but she's really reticent to use the challenge, right? And so it's mm-hmm. this coach, 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 coach. And I'm like, and she had this relatively new direct report that had just not delivered She's like, well, I guess I got a coach her. I'm like, no, you have to challenge too, right? You know, there's more than one tool here. She was so over leveraging because she likes to be the coach, but she was missing that 
challenge is perfectly acceptable. So we we had a polarity discussion this morning. I'm sure you were on my mind, but you know, I really talked about coaching and challenging, and she was really just over leveraging the coaching part. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great example. Yeah. You know, it made her squirm in her seat because <laughs> it was one of those, she, she knew it was going to be a hard conversation coming. But, you know, I, I just looked at her. I'm like, are you frustrated? She's like, oh, my gosh, am I frustrated? And and so I'm like, so why are you not using it? You know, I think what we'll do sort of post-break is we'll start to talk about sort of the upsides of using our uh, one side of the polarity and sometimes the downside of the, the other side of the polarities, a little bit of the uh, polarity mapping. Um, you know, so what what I'd say is Carr's going to be here with us throughout the day. So if you want to reach out to us, again, uh, call us at 866-472-5788. You can also email us at jeff at voltageleadership.com, and I'll keep an eye out on that. So we're going to be talking about polarities throughout the day. And I'll just give you a few others as we're getting ready for break to start to consider. Things like task and relationship. Uh, there's also analysis and encouragement, um, structure and flexibility. That's one I struggle with a lot, so so we'll probably hit that at some point. Uh, planning and implementation uh, could be another one. Responsibility and freedom with teenagers. That's one of those uh, hard ones uh, to really juggle. So uh, we're really happy that you uh, are going to be here today. Uh, Car, we will uh, come back in two minutes, and we'll pick up on this polarities conversation. Talk to you in two. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. 
Welcome back, and so glad you could join us on the show today. We've got Cara Wilson from Tableau Software uh, on the show today. So happy to have uh, Cara. She's an outstanding coach, uh, facilitator, teacher of, of knowledge, and later this week, a speaker to multiple hundred people in the Dallas area. So good luck on your speech, Ms. Cara. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, Cara loves to speak and give uh, give talks and all that, but there are some that are just bigger than others, and so this is one of those where it's like, whew, you're gonna you're gonna have your A game. I know it. I'm excited to hear how it goes. So, Cara, before the break, we're I was kind of going through my case study of like coaching, you know, and the person um, she she really was a previously a rescuer and um, has learned now how to coach her people up. But she sometimes struggles with learning how to, to leverage the other side of the polarity. And how does she sort of balance out the challenging and the coaching? She needs to, to, she knows she should be using both tools, but she seems to have a really strong preference for one side. Do you see that often, like where people have a preference for one side of a polarity versus the other side? Absolutely. I would mm. say most of the time. Yeah. And then I would just call out too that she it sounds like there were a couple different polarities at play, right? One was, one was rescuing and coaching. And so she went potentially yeah. from overusing rescuing and underusing coaching. And then she might have uh, really been working on that coaching muscle. And then it sounds like the polarity you two were discussing was coaching and challenging. Mm-hmm. And so she's now strong on the coaching and it sounds like you two were having a conversation about how do you bring a little bit more of that challenging in. And the, the thing about it that is so, that I think is so fascinating is that we have this, we have a preference usually for one side or another, or we privilege one side or another. So if I privilege coaching people over challenging them, then my kind of tolerance for what might happen when I overdo it is probably actually pretty high because I just think it's so important that I will, I will ignore some of the signs that I might be overdoing it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just writing that down. I like the, yeah, I like the word privilege uh, and ignoring the signs, you know, uh, with this particular person today, um, we'll just call her Mary. Um, Mary, um, as soon as I said it, she goes, oh, my gosh. You know, uh, I just asked her if another employee was doing this. Tell me about the conversation. And she had no problem sort of saying it. Um, and she realized that she was working so hard to almost want the person to, A, like them, and then, B, she was carrying too much of the burden on herself that she got out of her normal sort of pattern of how she would sort of regulate and so sometimes yeah. it's just self-awareness, too, of, you know, her normal way is actually not that um, that she struggles with challenging, but this person um, was really causing her to sort of uh, critically assess herself. And as soon as I just start the conversation, she she could recognize it quickly on her own, but she also starts to look and say, yeah, but there are certain people that I tend to overutilize coaching and I don't challenge them. So it led to a really good conversation about how can we get to a point where you use both sides, you know, both ends of the pole are important. And so it, it's fun when they self-discover and I didn't need to provide solutions. She knew what to do. So that, that, that those are fun coaching sessions, right? I think so too. Yeah. It's like this idea that there's something that we call a polarity map, which is where you can draw out in four quadrants 
the, the two different polarities and what the upsides are to each thing. Why are why is each thing good? Why is coaching good? Why is challenging good? And then the downside of what would happen if you overused it. And it's uh, some questions that leaders have often not thought about are uh, how would you know if you were overdoing something? So for Mary, how what are some early warning signs for her that she might be overusing coaching? What would she notice? And her being able to come up with, you know, well, I might I might notice frustration on the part of the person that I'm working with because they actually came to me seeking seeking a solution or an answer or um, or I might not be seeing the results that I want. Some of those. But being able to kind of identify, how would you know if you're actually overdoing something? Yeah. Maybe let's just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, but I am. Uh, <laughs> do it. Go for it. Um, let's just do sort of a, a bit of a polarity map. Maybe what's a common one? So we've been sort of playing with coaching and challenging. Well, let's pick another one. So what's one that you use often? Yeah. And, that uh, you know that our listeners might encounter. So you know we we kind of hit that one some. What's another one that we might work on? Well, one that I just uh, that I just worked through. You know, I work with engineering leaders. Mm-hmm. And so one that is a that's a common polarity that we work through here is uh, task and relationship. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. So. so what, yeah. I, I would think that engineering probably would yield more towards task. Am I, am I right on that? I think that that is a pretty good assumption, yeah. Yeah. And and so I'll play the other side because, you know, people that know me, I obviously host a radio show and probably about as uh, happy-go-lucky as there, as there is in the world. I probably overemphasize relationship, right? So, you know, why don't you start out by telling me what, what are the task-oriented people, you know, why, why are they, uh, you know, so focused on task, et cetera? Start us on that side. Yeah. Well, because it's all about getting the work done, right? You're, yeah, we're, we're hired for a reason. We're here to mm. get results for the business. That's what our job is. And so we uh, we should absolutely be paying attention to getting the work done. Yeah, well, that seems to make sense. So, yeah. what's, so I guess maybe what's the downside of relationships, right? So that's kind of the opposite quadrant from the upside of tasks. They probably see all that they probably see a lot of downside in spending time on relationships. So what do they see as downsides of relationships? Well, I think, could I take this a different direction? Yeah. It's, yeah you're, the, you're the guest. You, you're prerogative. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> answer a different question. I'll tuck that, I'll tuck I that think, one away uh, for later. <laughs> yeah. So I think what's interesting, um, and I, I'm thinking about a specific leader that I worked with. So we, we, you know, we talked about what is the upside of task and focusing on work. And then we talked about what if that's all you ever did? What if mm-hmm. all you ever did 24 hours a day, every single time you went to work until you went home again, you focused on getting the work done, what might happen? Well, and so we question. came up with some things around, yeah, we came up with some things like, um, well, we would, we would miss uh, interpersonal challenges that might be getting in the way. We would uh, potentially be impacting people's morale because we wouldn't necessarily be paying attention to the health and wellness of our team. So we came up with some examples like that, which then led to, now I'm coming back around to your question, but which then led to, okay, so just focusing only on work 100% of the time is 
is not going to do it for us. We know that we also have to focus on relationships. So what's the upside of that? Mm-hmm. Well, we, um, we can figure out things interpersonally that might be getting in the way of the work getting done. We, um, we build trust so that when we need to make hard requests, we're actually, uh, we have some collateral in the bank that lets us do that. So we come up with a list there, and then, now I'm finally coming around to your question, then we say, and what if you, what if you actually completely just overdid relationships? What if 100% of the time you focused on uh, how people are doing, and you never focused on getting the work done? What might happen then? And which, of course, we know that nothing would get done, right? And one mm-hmm. of the things that's really interesting here, I think, is that people who really value tasks when they think about going over to the, about bringing some more relationship in, they kind of think about that downside. Instead of thinking about what's good about it, they think, oh, I don't want to turn into one of those mushy people that never gets work done. So it's a fear that kind of keeps them from bringing that other characteristic in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was writing down some other things around relationship. You know, I was so in my relationship space, you know, like, you know, making sure yeah. you get buy-in, <laughs> in, innovative ideas, you know, and you know me well enough. Uh, I, I'm very relationship until I'm very task. You know, I, I bounce quickly from side to side. It's that high I and D in me. Um, yeah. And I, I, I agree completely with you. It's it's one of those um I think what str- what people struggle with sometimes is the leader that kind of uh, can be like me, quite honestly, can go from relationship, 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 all of a sudden it's like, bam, it's task. There is almost no forewarning that you're getting there. You know, so there's a little bit of like, how do yeah. we regulate that too, right? And I know I can be that way. You know, I'm thinking back to our last staff meeting. You know, the first hour was pretty relationship oriented, having a really good conversation. And then the clock started ticking in my mind and we were working sort of on like, what was our sales pipeline? Where are we going? And it wasn't like I got particularly annoyed, but you could just feel like the heat coming from me. And uh, the team was like, whoa, Jeff's now in this in task mode, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you see that with, with some of your engineers, you know, going back and forth as well. Like, oh, we must have some relationship building at the start of the meeting. So let's do a icebreaker. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So... You know, I guess uh, we got about two minutes left here for our next break, uh, Car. You know, as you are working with these with these engineering folks, so how do you take it sort of that next level? So we we do sort of a map. You've given me some thinking about it. How do I translate in, into some actions? And we'll start on this side of the of the break, and then we can continue on the other side of the break. Yeah. So we have. So I think if we use this task and relationship, and you picture kind of a. a four quadrants where we have task on the left and relationship on the right. And if we've identified the upsides and downsides of each of those, we might next start looking at, so what are some of the early warning signs on either side that you're overdoing it? And then what are some actions that you take to support each side? And so it's, this one's always kind of curious because um, we can come up with, Actions to support. So if uh, this one manager I was thinking about, he so we came up with some actions to support him paying more attention to relationship. And they might be something like, you know, asking people to go out to lunch and just asking people how their day was going. With this guy, it was, a re- it was some really simple stuff that he just wasn't doing. And 
the other side of on task, it's actions to continue that because you're not asking somebody to give that up. You're just asking them to dial it back a little bit. So mm-hmm. you still would like to identify the behaviors that you're going to continue. You're going to continue focusing on results. You're going to continue to meet deadlines, whatever those activities might look like. But being able to identify actions that support each side is a really important part of the process. That's great. So let's do this. Uh, this this is a good place to take a break. So let's pick up the rest of that conversation on the other side of our two-minute break. And Cara will be here the rest of the show. So we'll uh, continue the conversation. We'll talk to you in two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Aliens with Gas, we are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the voiceamerica.com variety channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix, a phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. 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 All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in The Sea Around Us, said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I'm here today with Cara Wilson from Tableau Software out of Seattle. And uh, Cara and I have been good friends now for, for a few years here and so happy to have her. She's an outstanding speaker, facilitator, coach, uh, organizational development guru, just you know, a, a real understanding of how do you get people to move and how do you get teams and organizations to shift and go towards better performance. So we're going to start to take our conversation a little bit that way. But I want to wrap up right before a break. We're sort of talking about this uh, polarity on, um, you know, task and relationships. And you, Carl, you had some actions to continue. You know, so if I'm good at task, 
you know, but I'm maybe over leveraging it. You know, what do I do? I, I still take some actions. What, what am I supposed to be paying attention to? Yeah, you want to pay attention to the places where it's actually working. Okay. So, so there's, there's these two pieces of figuring out, well, how would I know if I was overdoing it? And what are the mm. pieces of this that I really want to keep? So it might be, you know, I want to keep meeting deadlines that I set. And it might mm-hmm. be, um, I want to, I want to keep my standards for quality that I have. And I want, and here are the specific things that I'm going to do to make sure that that sticks around. It's interesting because people have a hard time thinking about that one because it, it's actually in your DNA kind of already. It's like, well, I do those things without thinking about it. But, but coming up with the behaviors that are specific to it help us not fear losing it and kind of flipping the pendulum the other way. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I told, I told Carter during break, you know, on the relationship side, you know, I've got someone that was just off the charts tasks, really great, um, was known to drive results in his organization. Um, it was really a go-to. The, the problem was folks didn't want to work with him two and three times later because it was all task, task, task. And so as we really, we mapped out this polarity. And so when it came to the relationship, we started to do just some relatively easy things like go to a meeting instead of one more email, go to the meeting two minutes early and have a conversation about people's weekends and what are they doing and what are they interested in ask about the ball games um there's also how do we build in recognition into each meeting Uh, that can be a great relationship builder and then a monthly one in the one-on-ones asking about what are people's career aspirations what are they wanting to do and how can you help support it and then some just simple things like you know we're already going to have a meeting let's do potluck occasionally still get the task done but maybe extend the meeting 15 20 minutes and, and having a meal together so we can still get our task done but without having to give up a whole lot on hitting deadlines you can build some tasks into your days as well so you know it doesn't have to be this oh my gosh i'm going to spend hours and hours these are how do we just take a couple minutes and repurpose them can go a long ways towards getting the upside of relationship as well love it so, Carl, let's let's start to shift gears a little bit from the individual polarities to how does this factor into maybe some teams and organizations? So, how have you used polarities to help teams and or organizations get to better performance? Yeah, well, so uh, you know, just like individuals have personality, teams have personalities, and organizations have personalities as well. So, this concept applies because you can recognize something that might be being overused among a team or among an organization. An example, uh, a real common example, I think, for companies is to to think about being centralized and decentralized. Mm -hmm. So you think the kind of classic story and the way that I first learned about polarities was recognizing a company that is, they have all their systems and processes centralized and it's serving them until it's not. Right, because because 100% centralization in any kind of business is going to inherently create problems. So usually, what happens is that that company, you know, they hire a big management consultant firm that comes in and they do an assessment and they come back and they say, "Well, you're you're overly centralized. You need to decentralize." And so that company invests over the course of however long a ton of money and a ton of time and resources into decentralizing their processes. at which point they realize that they've overdone it that way. And 
So really, I think the the um, maturity of thinking is to start to recognize, wow, we need our company to be centralized and decentralized. So we need to do some thinking about where each of those is going to be the most effective. But if we swing that pendulum back and forth, we're constantly going to be running into the downside of overusing one thing or the other. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I see this a lot in organizations, it, it's the way to recognize it is that sort of flavor of the month. Like someone will realize, oh, my gosh, yeah. we, our engagement scores are down. And so all of a sudden, uh, instead of uh, saying, okay, what do we want to keep about driving towards results? It all becomes about, oh, we want employee engagement. Like they're either or. And so we go from right. like, really focused on our business results to now it's like, okay, we're all going to go bowling for four hours and then we're going to have a potluck and then we're <laughs> going to do six surveys and implement everything that you're interested in. And by the way, we're going to give you more vacation. <laughs> and it's almost like, right. Whew, now I'm exhausted because I overdid that part of the polarity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I, and I think, so another example I think about with teams is, um, Maybe gathering data, looking at options, and making a decision. <laughs> and that some teams might be really good at gathering data and looking at options, but they're underusing making a decision. Other teams mm-hmm. might have a bias for action and they make a decision really, really quickly, and they're underusing gathering data. But you, mm-hmm. it's pretty when you start looking at behavior and thinking, well, what's the thing that's being overdone here? then you're, you're actually identifying the first half of the polarity. And then you can say, and what's the thing I would need to bring in to bring balance to it? And that's how you identify that second half. Yeah, you just made me think of one of my organizations I've been working with, uh, a fantastic organization growing very quickly. And as I was working with them, we were doing the uh, team work cycle. And we realized that they really struggled with execution. Um, they could... Uh, they could ideate like crazy. So they're really great at the ideation. And then they would sort of get close to executing and they'd have three more ideas. And so the whole organization was like, they were just tired. They're like, look at their senior leaders who they really liked and respected, but they're like, enough of the ideas. Can we get some of these things out the door and finished, you know? And so it was a real aha moment of, they, they loved the ideation. They loved uh, the brainstorming. And, and it was a very creative as an engineering organization as well. Very creative. But the, the workforce was like, please let us get a few things executed and out the door. And so we had to have a real discussion about how do we ideate and execute and celebrate both. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really great one and, a very, and very common among teams. Yeah. So if I'm a leader sort of in the organization, how do I recognize this on my team and, and how do I lead people through a conversation to, to help improve our performance, I guess? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I could go a lot of places with that question. One is, one is what kinds of conversations are you having with your – so a, a polarity at play there might mm-hmm. be task and maintenance. Right. Mm-hmm. So when are we mm-hmm. focusing on the work and then when are we actually checking in to see how maintenance is like, how are our processes working for us? So then as a leader, being able to uh, start conversations with your team to say, how is this working for us? Is there anything that we're overdoing? And, I, I, you know, I would give people lots of credit because when you ask a question that way, 
what are we overdoing? Often people, if given just a couple minutes to think about it, they'll be able to diagnose themselves and figure out what the team is doing. And I, I think it's a more, I think it's a more generative way to think about, um, bringing health and balance into, into different behaviors than, than to say, you know, what are we doing wrong? What do we need to fix? What's the problem that we're running into? But asking the question, what might we be overdoing? I think Mm -hmm. is, uh, it, it helps us think a little differently. Yeah, I like that. You know, um, without thinking through it, we did that with one of our clients last year. Um, And I would say that their polarity was uh, stability and change. Um, Yeah. You know, and and what was happening was it was a real window of time where change was happening. You know, new chairperson of the board, some real significant changes um, in how they were paid. Uh, Additionally, some changes in the executive leadership team. And there was places where stability, we, we could have really used that as a strength, but they kept leaning into the change and putting like really hard deadlines on themselves in the holiday season. Like we have to get everything to, to done when I thought there was an opportunity of sort of saying, yes, we still have to get lots of things done, but how do we leverage some of our stability and who are some of the things that, you know, we've done this before. Let's take that uh, example and continue it. And I'll just give you a simple one. And that was instead of trying to put a whole new strategic planning process in place, the one that was there was good. And so we were able to say, let's not throw that out because they were very close to just throwing it out and saying, we got all this change and all these people were like, hey, it's worked the last couple of years. Let's keep our strategic planning process the same. Now, some of the activities that we're going to do and what we're going to uh, show up and have to perform in 17 will be different. But let's not change the process. And that seemed to calm them down to be able to have a conversation instead of saying, let's put in a new strategic plan process, too, because we're changing everything else. Right. Right. Overdoing yeah. change. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I can find myself, like, you know, living with them. And it was like, oh, my gosh, it was a crazy time period. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and I think that it's important for us as leaders to recognize what's going on in the team, to really understand the organization too. You know, I certainly have been in organizations that cared a lot about analysis. I'm thinking about Capital One. Um, and so at times it was all about the analysis and we sometimes have a hard time moving to execution. And so when you're starting to recognize this, sort of being a siren and being able to, to call it out and start to ask that question that you're saying is, you know, what are we overdoing? Where are we over leveraging a strength? And so just striking up that conversation can lead to the right conversations to get us back into using both sides of polarity. So I think it's a great question to ask, Ar. I do so, too. And I, and I oh, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, why don't we do that? Why don't we save that for uh, we're coming up against a break here. So um, okay. what we'll do is we'll, we'll come back. We'll give some of our uh, best ideas, tips, and suggestions if you want to know more about how to go in and learn more about polarities. So we'll be back in two minutes with some ideas and tips. We'll talk to you then. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet? 
choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and so glad you could be with us today. Carl Wilson's been with us the whole time. Carl's from uh, Tableau Software, and uh, really been great to have her explaining polarities for us. So, um, Carl, you know, we'll start moving into tips and tools here in just a second. Uh, but, you know, as we've had this time over uh, our conversation, anything that we didn't get to or anything, any ahas that you'd want to share before we get some tips and tools? Um. I don't no, I don't think so. I, I what just keeps coming to my head are are um are tips. <laughs> yeah. So. I love I love this question that you had, you know, which is a tip obviously. But you know, what are we overdoing? It's just a great sort of non-defensive sort of place. You know, it's hey, you know, it's great that we've done it, but we might be overdoing it. You know, back to my early example of, you know, the person like you said Mary had moved from sort of being a rescuer to a coach, but now she was coaching and overdoing the coaching and was sort of forgetting about the challenging and that both are essential and we got to get a nice balance going with that as well. So I'm intrigued. I've, I've enjoyed learning about polarities if I'm a listener. If I want to go learn more or start to, to play with this, you know, what would you recommend? What are some tips and tools that you would recommend for us? Yeah, well, I would recommend... Uh... Googling Barry Johnson, polarity management. He's he's one of the founding thinkers of this concept. He has a book. He's got a really um, he's got a website that visually helps depict polarities and what a polarity map might look like. His website is polaritypartnerships.com. I think that might be a great place to dig into this. 
And just a really, just a really simple way to dig into it is just what you just said, Jeff, which is, is recognizing. And I would say start with yourself. Like for me mm-hmm. to recognize one activity that I, that um, when I first learned about polarities that we did was I was asked to write down five things that I value. And so can any guesses for you about what was one of the number one on my list? Uh, responsibility. <laughs> you got it. Yes, responsibility. It's really important for me to do what I say I'm going to do, right? And then we picked one of those to work with, and of course I picked responsibility. And then to started to work out. So what? My, we know I have a value around that. What does that look like? What's great about that? And what happens if I overdo it? And then what would be the corresponding characteristic to bring more balance in? So I would say for your listeners you know, maybe not going out and imposing polarities on other people, but figuring it out for yourself. Which ones do you notice at play for yourself in your life every day, in your life as a leader? I love it. Uh, I, I'm chuckling. I'm just picking, picturing us back in the United Arab Emirates, and uh, we're uh, in Abu Dhabi uh, training together, and Ankara is wonderful uh, as a co-facilitator. And there would be a part where I'm not quite – I haven't quite covered it yet, and she's going to carry my responsibility. So before I can even finish it, she's carrying it for me. I'm like, I got it, cars. Okay, you don't have to do. It. But she's like, so out of her seat, ready to help me. You know, our first time training together, it was just pretty funny. I'm like, oh, so responsibility is pretty important to you, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> Luckily, flexibility is high on mine, so it it made for a great partnership. So. <laughs> You know, I, 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 I'm like you, I've studied with Barry um, as well. And for me, um, some of it's just having some fun to notice it and to just start to play with this a little bit and see where it shows up. You know, we've talked about task and relationship, coaching and challenging, candor and diplomacy. Um, there's confidence and humility. Um, there's also sort of control and empowerment. You know, you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, when do we sort of direct people and when do we coach them up? You know, there's also structure and flexibility just to start to see what's happening with your own leadership style and voice and just notice it is a great way of getting started. Um, I love the polarity mapping. Uh, I think there's lots of great things. But back to you, just just start to notice. And I like it to look at the organization from a, you know, we used to be centralized. Now we're decentralized. Is that working for us? What part's working for us? How can we enhance that? And so just play with some of the concepts that we've thrown out and just see, hmm, is that still serving us? Are we overdoing part of it? I, I love that question. How about other suggestions? I think you got my best ones. Yeah? Yeah. 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 If you were feeling really brave, you could you could ask other people for feedback about, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's one thing you think I might be overdoing in my leadership? Yeah. I like that, you know, and, and uh, I, I think that's a, a fantastic one. You know, I think if you're really courageous too, just try this, you know, in, in front of the room. And if you're not ready to do it for yourself, you can start with it from a team. Hey, what's, you know, what do you about our team, you know, and teach them what a polarity is. And I love like inhale, exhale, task, relationship. People can really get polarities quickly. And start to ask them, what do we do really well on our team? 
And uh, a fun way of doing this is literally you can find six or eight of these polarities. If you search online and I will take a team and just say, show me what your preference is. So you might start with task and relationship and see like, which would you prefer and just see how the room splits up. And then when it's sort of, you know, empowerment versus directing, excuse me, empowerment and directing, um, you know, and see where people go in the room. And that can just lead to great conversations. You don't have to be an expert in it. Just start to notice the conversations and saying, hey, where's that serving us? And, and where is it a challenge? So I know you've done some of that. I'm sure you've had some great insights as well from that, uh, Cara. Yeah, I think those are great ways to start a discussion. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know you're going to talk uh, later this week. You know, uh, what, what, what types of things do you like to uh, sort of read and study right now? What are you seeing sort of as a leadership trend that you like to talk about? I'll give you like one minute to sort of talk about oh, yeah. what trends are you seeing. Well, you know what I've been reading about that I think is really fascinating is this Google has this Project Aristotle where they've, mm-hmm. they have put their data scientists to work identifying some of the key characteristics of a high, high-performing teams or effective teams, and then they're making everything that they find out public. So if you, oh, if wow. you Google, Google Project Aristotle, you they're making all of their findings public, and it's really fascinating to see what, like, for instance, one of the top characteristics of high-performing teams are, is psychological safety. So it's how well do we feel able to talk about what's actually happening in our team. So that's something I've been learning about recently that I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty neat that they're doing it, and then I think it's amazing that they're sharing what they find with anyone in the world who wants to know. Well, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, mine is, uh, I'm reading The Power of Moments. It just came out uh, by Chip and Dan Heath. They, they've written the books like um, Stick and um, Switch. Yeah, Switch and yeah, lots of yeah. lots of good stuff. And this is about um, sort of powerful moments. How do we create more of them? How do we start to notice them? Um, and, you know, how do you, how can you actually sort of work into your day Um uh, being more effective and and to, and to notice moments. Um, so, like when we go to Disney World, we we tend to forget about the thirty minute line, but we remember when we buy uh, something for our kids and they just light up, or we remember coming off that great ride and we forget about uh, the wait. And so it was. It's a very interesting quick read. So, Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. So. Huh. Cara, uh, really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, we're right up the wrap up here, so I'm just going to thank you quickly. And uh, to let people know that next week, uh, I will have Zach Mercurio on the show. He just wrote The Invisible Leader. We'll be talking about purpose and his new book, The Invisible Leader. If you want to reach out to us during the week, it's jeff at voltageleadership.com, or you can find us on voltageleadership.com. So thanks for being with us. We'll be back same time next week with Zach Mercurio. And Cara, it's been a great joy. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.